This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning. This is Marshall Davis. Greetings from New Hampshire on this snowy day. A while ago, I read about the early life of Ramana Maharshi and how when he was young, he lay down on his back and he imagined that he was dead. Now, I think I read that in a preface to a book of his teachings, but when I looked for it, I couldn't find it. So I did an internet search and I found the details of the account. It happened in July of 1896. And it was actually the event that precipitated his spiritual awakening. And that's meaningful to me because the same sort of death experience prompted my spiritual awakening. Anyway, on Ramana's official website, sriramanamahashi.org, I learned that one afternoon when he was only 16 years old, for no apparent reason, he was overwhelmed by a sudden extreme fear of death. Years later, he described this experience, and I'll read it for you from Ramana's own writings. He says, It was about six weeks before I left Madura for good that a great change in my life took place. It was quite sudden. I was sitting in a room on the first floor of my uncle's house. I seldom had any sickness, and on that day there was nothing wrong with my health. But a sudden violent fear of death overtook me. There was nothing in my state of health to account for it. I did not try to account for it or to find out whether there was any reason for the fear. I just felt I'm going to die and began thinking about what to do about it. It did not occur to me to consult a doctor or my elders or friends. I felt that I had to solve the problem myself then and there. The shock of the fear of death drove my mind inward and I said to myself mentally, without actually framing the words, now death has come, what does it mean? What is it that is dying? This body dies. And I at once dramatized the occurrence of death. I lay with my limbs stretched out stiff as though rigor mortis had set in and imitated a corpse so as to give greater reality to the inquiry. I held my breath and kept my lips tightly closed so that no sound could escape, so that neither the word I nor any other word could be uttered. Well then, I said to myself, this body is dead, it will be carried stiff to the burning ground, and there burnt and reduced to ashes. But with the death of this body, am I dead? Is the body I? It is silent and inert, but I feel the full force of my personality and even the voice of the I within me apart from it. So I am spirit transcending the body. He says, the body dies, but the spirit that transcends it cannot be touched by death. This means I am the deathless spirit. 
All this was not dull thought, he says. It flashed through me vividly as living truth which I perceived directly, almost without thought process. I was something very real, the only real thing about my present state, and all the conscious activity connected with my body was centered on that I. From that moment onward, the I, or self, focused attention on itself by a powerful fascination. Fear of death had vanished once and for all. Absorption in the self continued unbroken from that time on. Now his account continues, and you can read it for yourself if you want to, but I'm going to stop reading here. I resonate with Ramana's account. When I was 42 years old, I had an experience very much like his. Ramana describes his saying, A sudden violent fear of death overtook me. There was nothing in my state of health to account for it. I did not try to account for it or find out whether there was any reason for the fear. I just felt I am going to die. That's exactly what I felt and exactly the words that I, that I used for what happened to me at a silent retreat outside of Washington 30 years ago now. The difference is that Ramana accepted this and embraced it and used it. And it resulted right then and there in spiritual awakening. He said, fear of death had vanished once for all. Absorption in the South continued unbroken from that time on. That's not what happened to me. I reacted very differently. I fought it. I resisted it. I thought, thought went through my mind of accepting it, but I didn't know how to accept it. I sought spiritual help from the retreat leader. And the later, when I came back to New Hampshire, I sought it from my spiritual director. A week or two later, I tried belatedly to embrace it in meditation. But even then, the sense of dying was still so strong and lasted so long that I just didn't think I could take it any longer. So I just packed it away. I rejected it. I suppressed it. The ego did whatever it could to protect itself. And what it did, what I did, was retreat into a conservative evangelical form of Christianity that I had known earlier in my life before I had gotten into contemplative prayer because that felt safer. In this way the ego fought its death for 20 more years. Then finally I could run from the hound of heaven as the poet Francis Thompson calls it no longer. I started a process of methodically dismantling this religious armor that the ego had built around itself for those 20 years, trying to protect itself from that experience. That process took three years. But you see, I was, I saw myself as a very religious and very zealous ego. I was a warrior for evangelical values and it took me a long time. It took a lot for me to deconstruct this. But then finally, in 2012, a physician diagnosed me with a terminal disease and I had to confront 
once again, death and the fear of death. And that prompted spiritual awakening 20 years later than it could have been. So much unnecessary suffering for those 20 years. The physician's prognosis of imminent death within months or maybe weeks turned out to be mistaken, disproven by more medical tests, but his words had already done their work in my life. I woke up from the illusion of separate existence in the individual self. Just like Ramana said, fear of death had vanished once and for all. And that is because I saw that the self that was afraid of dying does not exist except in the mind. And what I really am is not born and cannot die. For this reason, Ramana's description of his awakening, when I, when I read it, and I just read it, I mean, I, I read just a little bit about it a while, a while back, but I just read the whole account just, just last week. And I saw that it really is in many ways a parallel and resonates with my own experience of awakening. This makes me think that perhaps confronting death, including intentionally imagining death, might be helpful to people who are looking for, to awaken. I still do a spiritual practice concerning dying every day. Nearly every night when I lay down to sleep, I imagine not arising from that bed. Now, this is not a gloomy thing or a depressing thing. It, it is actually a daily practice of remembering what I am. Every night when I fall asleep, I rest into who and what I really am, my true nature, the eternal being, capital B. I leave the temporal nature behind. Practicing dying, I think, can be a helpful spiritual discipline. Falling asleep is probably the closest approximation to dying that we have without actually physically dying. The only thing closer would probably be a near-death experience where a person actually physically dies, then is brought back to life again. That similarity between sleep and death is why the Bible describes dying as falling asleep and describes the dead as asleep. When I get in bed for the night, I just assume I'm not going to wake up the next morning. Now, maybe this is the leftover from that childhood prayer that so many children of my generation learn to pray at bedtime. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now I found out that prayer was written in the 18th century. And that was back when death of children, as well as adults, was much more commonplace than it is today. I can see why parents today may not want to teach a prayer like this to little children, but it does communicate the point that I'm making here. When I am falling asleep, I resign myself to not waking up the next morning. That resignation has all sorts of ramification. It makes me not put off any unfinished business. The Apostle Paul writes, do not let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, do not put off till tomorrow any 
issue, especially relationship issues that need to be dealt with today. It also rids my mind of any concerns about the next day. You know, the mind, as I'm sure you know, has the tendency to spin scenarios about the future. And you can't stop them by doing that, so you just have to ignore it. And this is the way to do that. If you are dead, you don't have to worry about the future. There isn't any future. So there's no need to be anxious about tomorrow. Jesus tells us this in the Sermon on the Mount. He tells us not to be anxious about tomorrow. He says every day has enough worries for itself. He says, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? When you consider your bed that you sleep in tonight to be your deathbed, then it changes how you live. You live in the now instead of in a remembered past or an imagined future. You live without regrets. You also wake up each morning surprised and pleased to having the gift of another day. Every morning is a resurrection. This is part of the spiritual symbolism of the death and resurrection of Jesus. The death and resurrection of Jesus is symbolic of spiritual awakening. Practicing dying helps identify that which does not die. You know that death is not the end. When you wake up each morning, you know you did not cease to be during the night. It's not just because you might remember dreams. There are periods of the night when you did not dream, that is, deep sleep. But you know that you still were, even in that deep sleep. You know deep down that your essential being, who you really are, is present even in dreamless sleep when there is no individual consciousness, that non-individual consciousness is the true self. That self, capital S, is what you are after physical death. It is what you were before physical birth. It is what you are now. There is a deep awareness that is present in dreamless sleep and under anesthesia. It's not the separate consciousness that is active during the day that we normally identify ourselves with, or even active during dreams. That's the human psyche. That's the individual self. Just as you do not cease to be during dreamless sleep, so you do not cease to be after death. Being aware as that being, as being that is always present, that deep non-individual consciousness, is spiritual awakening. That is what we are. We have been this always. We are this always. That's what Jesus meant when he said on that occasion, before Abraham was, I am. The gospel story says the people who were listening to him said, how can you say that? You're not even 50 years old. How can you say you're older than Abraham? And they were so angry at what he was saying that the story says that they picked up stones to stone him to death. It was so revolutionary and even blasphemous in his religious setting. And it still is revolutionary and blasphemous in the Christian setting today. 
Jesus could say that because he knew he was not just the mortal body and the psyche known as Jesus of Nazareth. He knew who he was. He knew his eternal nature in the same way we can know and actually do know our eternal nature. Knowing that, not in theory or as a belief, but first-hand knowing is spiritual awakening. Living that reality is the self-realized life. It is eternal life. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.